smile myself because I love you. Yes, I do. All right. Welcome to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and Clinton Wilkins in Halifax and our nation's capital, Ottawa. Clinton, do you like James Taylor? Oh, I like James Taylor, and I actually saw James Taylor when he was here in Halifax a couple years ago. I just saw him not too long ago, so I'm one-upping you. Oh, well, you know what? I like going to a good concert. Yeah, me too. And do you uh, know what key changes are in a song? You do, don't you? You, you know what? I, uh, I, I I played some music when I was younger, you yeah. know, like high school, you know, like band. And I took piano and like all these good things. But yeah. um, uh, So do you know what a key change is? That's the question. Well, I, I, I didn't play guitar, so I don't know precisely what it is. But okay, I well, a key change is in, in a song like that particular song, there's a number of key changes. So it starts here and he keeps elevating the, the key and, and everything comes up with it and it builds the energy. So I just thought it was interesting that we chose that song because that's what this show does. It, it has key changes, building energy from start to finish until it cascades into just a cacophony of incredible uh, audio pleasure. Well, you know what? Uh, I really thank all our listeners. I think that was a really good segue to talking about mortgage lending. <laughs> you know, obviously there's a lot going on right now, Todd. You know, there's a lot going on with the Bank of Canada, inflation. And, you know, we're happy that you're back with us again and spending your weekend um, or listeners that might be listening to us after the fact, you know, our show is available on the city news website. So if you are listening yeah. to us after great, and, uh, the show is actually available anywhere where you want to listen to your podcast. So Spotify, Apple music, and also on our website. So you can certainly check it out. So for those who might not know all about uh, Mr. Clinton Wilkins and uh, what you do, just a quick overview. We have new listeners all the time. I'm Clinton Wilkins. I'm a mortgage broker in Halifax, and I've been in the industry for it seems like forever, yeah. I think going on 18 years. Uh, we funded almost 5,000 transactions for over a billion dollars. And I always think that I've seen everything, but every day I see something new with mortgage lending. And you know what? There's so much going on in mortgage lending and real estate right now, which I think is really cool. I don't think there's uh, you know ever been a time where people have been so interested on what's going on in the industry that I work in. Let me tell you at parties, I'm very popular. Yeah. Well, you always were. But now you're extra popular. Mm-hmm. So is this, would you, can, would you describe the times that we're in, I don't want to use an adjective that, uh, that's, that, that's over the top, but is it uh, tumultuous times in some ways, depending on the, on the lender and the situation it can be, I suppose? Yeah, I think it's a challenging time for a lot of borrowers, Todd. I yeah. think for existing homeowners, it certainly is challenging. Um, you know, there's certainly a pinch when it comes to interest rates. As you know, there's been, you know, an increase in fixed rates over the last, you know, several months. Um, but obviously the Bank of Canada has uh, increased their key overnight rate. So anybody who's in a variable rate mortgage, obviously is paying a little bit more right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're probably going to pay a little bit more for the next 12 to 18 months. And some economists think that we're going to be in a recession type territory by the end of next year. So that may have an impact on the rates. And I think we're likely going to see some softening, you know, if we do get into a recession. Some softening of rates. Yeah. Right. Any idea what you think that, that benchmark might go to? I know that it's hard to predict something like that. but Well, I, I, some of the economists were saying that the, like the key overnight rate might get to 3 3.5%. That's where they think it's going to kind of level out at. And that's going to make the prime rate, you know, in the 5% range. For a variable rate customer, that may be a little bit concerning, Todd. Uh, you know, most borrowers that are in a variable rate are prime minus, you know, prime minus 50, prime minus 100, depending on, you know, the discount that you have below prime. 
In comparison, the same type of products today in a fixed rate are in the low to mid 5% range. So there's still quite a spread between where, uh, you know, a borrower is today at a variable and where the fixed is. And some borrowers are asking me about converting their variable rate products into a fixed. You know, some are asking me. Yep. And, you know. And justifiably so, I think. It's you know, I, 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 I think people are certainly concerned. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some customers feel like they're paying 30% more already. The one thing that we need to remember, and uh, you know, we're still at pre-pandemic prime rate. So that's one thing I just want to throw out there. Uh, the prime rate is still lower than it was before the pandemic started. Obviously, we've seen some increases. And there was a news article the other day. We were just talking about it before we started recording our show. Um, you know, in the article, it said the Bank of Canada has got it right 0% of the time trying to slow inflation. And they basically caused recession every time that they've increased interest rates. Um, so it was a really interesting article. And um, well, sometimes know. that's inevitable, though, is it not? You, you have to at some point. They need to slow the trade. So, yeah, yeah, the trade. I mean, we look back in the, and a lot of people compare uh, different eras. And of course, the 70s when they mm-hmm. had grinding inflation yeah. and interest rates were in the upwards to the 20% range, of course. In the 80s. That's, or the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. That's not happening from everything we can gather. That would be impossible. That would cripple everything right now, would it not? It would definitely have a very negative impact on borrowers. Consumer debt is at an all-time high. And people owe a lot more now, Todd, than they did back then. Yeah. No one had $500,000 mortgages back then. That was very unheard of. Mm-hmm. People's mortgages were much smaller. And even the amount that they were using for their housing costs, Todd, right. was a lot lower back then than it is now. So certainly the government is very... Are you, now you, to, in, so you're comparing that per, per income, mm-hmm. per uh, portion of your income. Per apples portion, and apples. Apples and apples. Right. So yeah. the percentage that was going out of the household was less then than it is now. Right. The cost of housing as a percentage is higher today than it was then. Yeah. And the incomes haven't caught up, Todd. That's what I think is interesting. So we've obviously seen a lot of inflation. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of throwing out this 30% number. You know, you know, groceries are 30% more expensive. And fuel, in some cases, is even maybe more than 30% more expensive than it was before. Mm-hmm. And that's having an impact. It's not just the cost of borrowing that is challenging for a household. Yeah, uh, You know, there's certainly a lot of other things like consumer goods that are really negatively impacting kind of what's going on. Okay, here's a question out. for you. I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, but the stress test, and we know what the stress, mm-hmm. for quickly, for those who don't know what the stress test is, and then I want to ask you the stress test question. Yeah, so the stress test is a qualifying test that we ha- we do for every single mortgage. So you have to qualify on a rate, and it's a posted rate at currently at 5.25, or 2% above your contract. So if you're getting a fixed rate product today, mm-hmm. let's say your fixed rate is 5%, you have to qualify at 7%. Right. So obviously that is really challenging for a lot of borrowers. Yep. So today it's actually easier to qualify for a variable rate mortgage than it is a fixed rate. And more than 50% of consumers right now are taking a variable, even with knowing the Bank of Canada is going to increase the right. key overnight rate. So Canadians are still, you know, getting a variable rate mortgage every day. Okay, so the question is, the stress test was was embedded and cr- designed to protect borrowers, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Yes. And then in, and inherently the lender as well. Of course. However, there's a stress test, but who knew about these interest rates, right, that, that have gone through the roof? 
So is there something that that could typically, ever be in play to deal with potential skyrocketing inflation? In yeah, so typically they look at the stress test once a year, but that doesn't mean, Todd, that the Department of Finance... They could inter- intervene? They could definitely change the stress yeah. test rate anytime. Right, and, 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 and I, might. I, I would not be surprised if we see you know, the stress test changing maybe a few times, depending yeah. on what happens. Because right now, it is so much easier to get a mortgage in a variable rate product. Mm-hmm. Some borrowers are choosing to take that variable rate, even if it may not be the best product for them, because it's easier to qualify. Yeah, And that's what the Bank of Canada doesn't, or not the Bank of Canada, but that's what the Department of Finance doesn't want. They want people to qualify and be in a situation that they know they can afford it when the mortgage comes up for renewal. Todd, uh, you know what I'm really concerned about? What? I'm concerned about the people that have these rock bottom fixed rate products and when they renewal. come up when they come up for yeah, renewal. Yeah. And I have I I have a lot of concerned clients. I have more concerned clients that are in a fixed rate today, Todd, yeah. than I do in a variable. Yeah. People know variable is variable. They know it's going to go up and they think it's likely going to come down. Yeah. We're obviously communicating a lot with our clients. Um, you know, we're putting out a lot of really good information. But the ones that are really concerned are the people that are in the fixed mm-hmm. rates. So you can't move from a fixed to a variable then? You cannot without breaking it. And obviously that's going right. to cause, you know, yeah. sometimes a significant and penalty. That's another reason why a variable is advantageous because you can convert. Yeah, you certainly yeah. can convert to a fixed, but you can't go from a fixed yeah. into a variable. Um, and certainly renewal is a big, big topic. And, you know, we're talking to a lot of consumers that are at renewal and we're talking to a lot of consumers that are in the middle of their term, just obviously doing a lot of planning right now. And certainly a lot of talking about, you know, what the best direction is. All right. So we got lots to talk about and we could drill down on that because I got more questions on that and we'll see what we have time for, but just what, what else we got coming up? Tee this up. What do you want to talk about? So we're going to talk to a local Halifax realtor about what's going on here in the market. As you know, across the country, there's been a lot of softening in the real estate market. So we're going to get a little bit of perspective of what's happening here. Um, Later in the show, we're also going to talk about refinance and how that might be a good time this yep. summer. I've got an anecdote of my own for that, by okay, the way. Okay, good, yep. good. Uh, and we're going to talk about Pride and home ownership. We're hosting an event for Pride, and Pride here in Halifax is yeah. starting next week. So we're going to talk about some of the impacts for Pride and what uh, goes on in okay. the housing market. All right. Yeah. Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, proudly be broadcasting in two great cities, Halifax and Ottawa. Clinton having fun so far. I thought that first segment was on point. I loved it. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, it's nice being on the on the weekends and. You weren't on the radio this this week. You were on vacation. I was on so, vacation, uh, so I'm a little out of touch. You know what? Maybe I think some of our listeners were happy to probably like hear you. Sure, get a little Todd fix. Why yeah, not? Yeah, they're right? gonna have the Todd fix this weekend. <laughs> and I, you, we're doing a little promo for the show, so uh, they will be ready to roll and hear us consume consume lots of uh, lots of lots of Todd. There you go. So uh, we know how hot or not uh, markets are across the country. This has been quite a ride. Mm-hmm. And in Halifax, uh, we're going to uh, 
I get a, a, a taste of uh, or an understanding, I guess, of where the market is with a local realtor. Somebody you've dealt with regularly, correct? I have, yeah. We've done yeah. a bunch of transactions together, and I'm really interested to hear his perspective. As you know, um, many markets across this country are reporting some slowdowns you know, since the interest rates have, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously been creeping up. So I'm interested to see what happens in Halifax. I'm, I'm sure he can report on some of the stats. I, I heard myself in June that things were starting to maybe not be as hot as they were before. I still think it's probably a seller's market, Todd. Yeah. Um, but I'm certainly interested to see what uh, he thinks. So we will see if we can get him on the line. James Dyer, are you there? Yes, I am. Nice to hear from you, James. Yes, you too. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Let uh, let it give a plug for yourself and your business uh, and uh, your experience. Little bio for everybody, if you will. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, as you know, I'm James Dwyer from Angle and Volkers, uh, real estate agent here in uh, HRM for the last eleven years. Uh, just recently got my fellowship at Real Estate Institute uh, about two weeks ago. So I'm quite excited about that. And uh, yeah, I'm a uh, uh, very stats heavy focused. Uh, real estate agent. Excellent. So uh, Clinton and I are going to chat with you about the market. I guess I'll ask the first question. Uh, is seller's market still easy to say? Or uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's still a bit of a seller's market. Yeah, I mean the inventory numbers are still low, and and they will, but they are continuing to uh, slowly increase month over month. Um, we kind of had our last big push there in June. Um, we're entering into a bit of a period now of a, more of a transitionary period. Uh, buyers are kind of taking a step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of our external factors that have been driving our market also are taking a little bit of a step back. And uh, we should see kind of a, an increase in the activities come September. That's really interesting that you, that you say that. I, you know, I'm certainly seeing some purchases still happening, James. I, in some ways, yep. I almost feel... Like some of the people that were on the fence the last two years or some of those first-time home buyers, they're actually getting some accepted offers. Are you seeing that on your end? 100%. Yeah, I would say if anybody who's benefiting from the market right now, mm-hmm. that would have to be primarily local buyers. Okay. Um, ones that have been, uh, you know, very progressive and, and very, you know, uh, constantly moving forward, you know, in the marketplace, getting a competition. You know, they lose out a couple of times. But you know what? They really are starting to uh, make, make some things happen for them. And, uh you know, it's great to see Nova Scotians, um, you know, winning these bids. James, what uh, price points are you starting to see uh, uh, opening up some that perhaps might not have? I know that some of that kind of 250 to 450 type stuff is very, very sparse. Are we seeing any more of that stuff opening up? Um, I would say from an inventory perspective, it seems to be the mid-range stuff. Um, the, the higher-end stuff seems to be uh, chugging along quite well. Um, I was involved recently in a couple of properties that were in that you know, 900 to a million range, and all, all of them got in competition. That was this week. Um, the entry-level stuff is still, prog- it's still a little bit of uh, aggressiveness, but we're not seeing those high you know, 10, 15, 20 offers, um, kind of in that two or three range. And I've actually seen a couple of uh, entry-level properties uh, with deadlines, and they came and came and went without having any offers. So, you know, the the you know the name of the game is always going to be, you know, uh, having, having patience with the market, and, and you will come out ahead for it. Yeah, that's interesting. What about, um, you know, properties that our realtors are putting on on a program? You know, are we seeing as much of that, you know, now as we maybe were before or, or are properties are listed, you know, closer to what a vendor thinks that the property is actually going to sell for. 
Yeah, exactly. So we, so as we were kind of going through this transition, I mean, you know, what, what has been the protocol for the last couple of years is kind of that, you know, uh, starting price point to kind of generate that competition, right. The, 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 you know, the, to create that, that activity. Mm-hmm. And so what we're starting to see now is, is a good mix of that. And as we're slowly transitioning to market rates. So the, the only, I guess the correction in within that space is that a lot of the buyers now, you know, uh, and they're, but they're slowly coming around um, where, you know, they, they see a price and they, you know, this was like three months ago, they would mm-hmm. see a price and they would automatically add a certain amount to that. Say right. with 80 K a hundred thousand, 150. And they go, Oh, well, no, I can't compete for that because that's just not my budget line. But now where we've shifted that from, you know, the central price to the market rate, you know, the objective now is to get that one buyer and, and negotiate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and come at it from that perspective because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, the buyer public has is definitely decreased, but the inventory hasn't really kind of picked up steam strong enough to kind of offset that to, to balance things out a bit better. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, I think this is better for the for the market and for for the public um, to see a price and and to be able to negotiate with it. Are we seeing a, a, a decline in buyers from outside of Nova Scotia? Yes, yes, we are. Um, I think the, you know, the big catalyst for them is that the Toronto market is expected, or at least is seeing right now, uh, much more sharp declines in their uh, median sale prices right. right now. And the train of thought would be that, you know, a, a good majority of them that were kind of coming this way, you know, they were getting priced out of, of the GTA. And so, you know, Halifax and, you know, certain surrounding areas that it look really, really appealing to them. And now they're kind of sitting back and waiting because guess what? There's a good chance by September that the areas that they wanted to get into that they couldn't afford before are now becoming more affordable. Interesting. And I wonder mm-hmm. if some of the Ontario buyers, because, you know, I, I think it's it's no secret that a, one in three clients that I really had calling our office the last two years was probably were probably from Ontario. Um, mm-hmm. Are we seeing that maybe that's slowing a bit because they are having a hard time selling their existing real estate in Ontario to be able to make that move east? Yeah, we're definitely seeing that. I've had a, a couple of Ontario clients that were expats to hear uh, talking about their story, uh, listing story in uh, Ottawa and in, in uh, Mississauga. And they, they're just not getting the viewings there. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's non-existent. And so, you know, they've been a bit more aggressive with their price reductions and stuff to, to kind of, I guess, get underneath the, you know, downward trend that they're having right now. And yeah, it's, 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 I guess the shift for them has been much more dramatic. I mean, it was essentially overnight that they went from this strong seller's market to almost a complete stop, you know, temporarily. Right. So, you know, the aggressive price points and it kind of makes sense. So when you're looking at their average sale price up there, you know, Mm -hmm. at that price point, I mean, my goodness, it's, uh, you know, it, it was already high to begin with, and so I think that's why they're going to see a bit more of a sharper decline as it comes in line more with uh, with, with income levels in the city there. All right, just quickly, what can you tell us about new home construction in the market, James? Need more of it. We definitely, definitely need a lot more of it. I think CMHC just came out with, uh, you know, the, the quantity of homes that are required. Um, you know, we really need to, as a province, that they push forward on, on creating opportunities for tradespeople. Um, that seems to be the big holdback. I mean, everybody would like to be building more as well, but you know, talent is the king right now, and, and that's what's required to, to you know to get these developments moving forward. Um, you know, from a from a 
material side of things, you know, uh, wood comes back down to a more realistic price point. So we're starting to see those kind of mm-hmm. things drop considerably. Um, but it comes back to labor. Man, manpower is the, is the key to all of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. One last quick question for you, James, before we uh, let you go. Sure. The I, last stat I heard was the average house price in Ottawa was almost $900,000. Any insight on what the average home sale price is now in Halifax? Yeah, median sale price right now is at 507 And now that's at the high point of this year was 580 So that's a decrease of 12%. Um, that was set in March. So okay. over the last two months, we've dropped 12%. That's interesting. But now, keep that in mind. Although that value has come down, when you look at it from a little bit of a, a bigger timeline, and it's still substantially up over the last two, right. two, three years. James, great stuff. We're just out of time. Thank you so much for your insight. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks, All right, James. James Dwyer, local uh, realtor here in Halifax. We're going to talk about uh, what's next, Clinton? We are going to talk about refinancing to put you in a better position. And is that the right time to do it here this summer? Okay, we'll be back. How sweet it is to be loved by you. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Oh, yes. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and Clinton Wilkins in Ottawa. And in Halifax, and it's the weekend. It is the weekend. Yeah. Gotta love the weekend, eh? I did. Do you have any big plans this weekend? It's your last weekend off before you have to go back to work. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll listen to the show both days. Here's what what you and I are going to do. We're going to listen to the show in Halifax, and then we're going to fly to Ottawa and listen to it in driving around Ottawa. That would be fun. You know, I'm always up for like a little vacation. Let's do it. Book the book the uh, flights. Book the flights. <laughs> All right, we'll get up right on that. You're gonna pay though. Oh yeah, of course. Maybe we'll have to visit Sam while we're up there, and we can do a little, uh, maybe a little live hit on the radio. Who knows? So you want to talk about refinance, right? I want to talk about refinance because it's it's really come uh, even more on the forefront lately, Todd. And yeah. I'll, I'll kind of tell you why that is. And, you know, it may even speak to, you know, the first kind of segment that we did. We were talking about the Bank of Canada. We were talking about inflation. A lot of clients are refinancing to better their financial position right now. Right. And, you know, people do refinances all the time to clean up debts and all this stuff. Like, yeah, that's normal. But some people are doing it to be planful and taking control of their finances. Proactive. Proactively. Yes. And some of it's midterm, Todd. You know, some of it's midterm. Some of it is... Um, you know, at renewal. But what people are doing, a lot of borrowers are extending their amortization. So I have a lot of borrowers who have like 10 years left, 12 years left, 16 years left, 20 years left. And they're pushing back to a 25 or a 30 year amortization to bring down their borrowing costs. Mm -hmm. Not forever, Todd, temporarily until some of this inflation gets under control. Some consumers, obviously, you know, we're all feeling the pinch. You know, we're feeling the pinch at the pumps. We're feeling the pinch at the grocery store. And they're extending their amortization to bring down their mortgage payment. Obviously, it's going to bring, it may keep their interest carrying costs the same. It might increase their interest carrying costs, but they're bringing down, uh, increasing their amortization to bring down the amount of principal that they're paying. And it's going to reduce their monthly output and leave more money in their bank account to deal with 
you know, the consumer goods that yeah. are, you know, obviously more expensive now than they were before. Yeah, this is something that at one point people didn't look at as, I, I guess it was always an option, but it was considered a step backwards. Taboo, I guess right? maybe it, was, a it would have been a step backwards, yeah. right? So why do you think that we've had that shift? Because I think people are becoming more financially literate, Todd. Yeah. You know, obviously we've talked about this a lot on our show uh, and financial literacy is huge, but I think people are worried. You know, they're seeing how quickly inflation really got out of control mm -hmm. and dealing with something with their mortgage is something within their control. And I think it's really very savvy and smart consumers that I'm having these conversations with very educated people. I'm talking about like doctors and lawyers and, and, and things like that. And you think, oh yeah, these guys have all kinds of money and you know, you know, inflation is not going to impact them. It impacts everybody. You know, it doesn't matter what your annual income is. Mm -hmm. Inflation is impacting everyone. And some people are doing this as really a part of their financial plan. And they say, hey, Clinton, I'm going to do this for five years. And you know what? If inflation gets under control, I'm going to yeah. do a payment increase or I'm going to do a lump sum payment. Some other consumers that we're having conversations with when they see what's going on with the interest rates and obviously the Bank of Canada, some borrowers are choosing to do a payment increase. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, the, the cost of interest is going up. I'm going to increase my payment. I'm going to double down with the effort to pay down the debt a little bit faster now than I did before. So there's kind of two schools of thought. But I think it's certainly a really important time right now, Todd, to look at your whole finances and it, see really what's going on. It's, it's important, I think, that then when, when people are going to take equity out of their house, mm -hmm. if they have some urgent needs infrastructurally with their house, they also take care of that. Oh, that's right? a priority. Because, because you, can, you can pay off debt, you can do it, but if, if you've got a bad roof or if you've got leaking this or you've got a bad furnace... You have to protect that asset. Yeah, exactly. Right? And if you don't have the asset protected... Right. What's the point? It's really going to go yeah. down in value. Yeah. Now, I think you mentioned to me that you might have a bit of a story I do. Us. Well, there, you're, I'm, I'm showing look, you the I'm, picture I, of it. I'm looking at a photo. Well, that looks like a very nice chimney. That's a nice chimney, right? I'm so guessing that this might be new, is that, it? That's new. That cost me about 2600 bucks. Wow, okay. Right. But the point is, I guess what I'm getting at... Is, is that that's not a sexy upgrade to my house, right? I you don't know what? see You it. don't even really see it. You probably it. park your car that's out right. in front of the house that's and right. you know, go in. So I could have spent the 24 on whatever, whatever, aesthetically. But I, I you guess could my, add, You could have a new stove or a new fridge. Exactly. So I guess my point is, is that, that people need to, in my opinion, you're the expert, so I want you to weigh in on this. And I'm sure you have these conversations with people. Take care of the stuff that needs to be taken care of. The, even the if shiny it's not stuff, sexy. Right. The shiny stuff will come after that, right? You know, I think foundation is huge. I think roof is huge. And what we call that is the envelope of your home. Right. And if the envelope isn't good, you know, you're just putting the lipstick on a pig, really, mm -hmm. otherwise. And I think, you know, roof is really, really important. And sometimes people neglect yeah. these things. Do you and think they just don't know or what? You know what? That's more of a maintenance issue than maybe a capital improvement. Right. You know, that's not maybe a, you know, something that's going to give you a return on investment, Todd. Mm -hmm. But guess what? That is something that's going to protect your investment. So I think when, we're, when you're doing a refinance, thinking about things like that, I think consumer debt is huge. I think having a conversation about the amortization is very, very important. And what improvements can protect your investment 
but also improve your investment. Yeah. Because you've done a lot of work at your I've house. I've done a lot of work, and it's all just been a result of the work that you've done with me. Mm-hmm. I've I, I paid off some, some, some debt. I'm completely debt-free now, except for a car loan and my mortgage. And I've had, uh, and you're I, always going to have a car loan, and I'll always have a car loan, and and I have, and I'm and I'm putting the money back into the house, and it's 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 amazing. I would be very curious to see because we know how much your home is worth. Right. Obviously, it went up significantly since you bought it. Yeah. I'm interested to see now that you've done some of these renovations, how much that house is worth. Right. Because I bet you've increased the value of your home probably two dollars for every dollar you put exactly. in. Exactly. That's right. Which so, is pretty exciting. It is. So I'm so I'm not saying this stuff to, to brag or whatever. I'm I'm saying that well, it's Well, you know, we uh, you know a lot of our listeners are homeowners. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know right. this is just like the real life. Yeah. yeah. You know I bought and sold and traded like so many properties, Todd, like over the years. And a lot have been really, really good investments and I've made money. Yeah. The thing is when it's your principal residence, yeah. if you live in it long enough, there's no capital gains. It's a really good exactly. investment, yeah. and 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 yeah. often in cases, this home is a family's biggest asset, and yeah. you know it's your biggest asset, and it absolutely, you is. know, obviously the mortgage is your biggest debt, yeah. and that's you know really what you're focusing on paying down. But you know, if you don't get into that property ladder, you know, it's really hard. You know, I think in general, like Canadians aren't great savers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they well, who save. Who can be now with the way I know. things they ha- they, You know, I think they were a little bit better over COVID because, you know, they weren't going out. They weren't shopping. They weren't vacationing. But now with this flood of, you know, money into the mar- into the marketplace, that's what's really increased inflation. And just to circle back and touch on the Bank of Canada, they really did give a clear message for Canadians to stop spending. But when you're spending on something like your home and you're improving that asset, I think that's a good investment. Yeah. And like you and the money that you spent was really good and planned out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think sometimes when people do renovations, they want to do some of the nice to do things. Right. And I think the needs to do are certainly number one. Yeah. Nice to do number, number two, but you need to work within the budget. And as we know with inflation, things are more expensive yeah. and you really need to know what your budget is and work within that. Should people potentially, because inflation is high, uh, take some of that money and say they're gonna, and, and perhaps wait it out, see if prices will come down. Contractor availability might be better in a year from now or whatever. If something's not net, you don't have to spend the money. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, maybe putting the money away it can, it can be a good thing. But what is the future value of money? Is it going to be more yeah. expensive in a year? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is, I I have so many clients, and it just kind of like I want to shake them sometimes. Sometimes they're improve the property. And then they sell it. Yeah. Why not have this property improved and enjoy it while you own it and while you live in the property? Yeah. So that's sometimes this drives me insane because I'm, I, I, I see these people and they're like, you know what? I worked all my life to pay down this mortgage. Now I want to do a refinance. I'm going to pull some equity out. I'm going to renovate it. Then I'm selling it. But why not have done that five years ago or 10 years ago and enjoyed it and had your property kind of appreciate that? Yeah. Because, you know, I think there's a balance between paying down the debt and having a quality of life. Yeah. And I think that's a hard balance, you know, it's, and it's hard to always find that balance. Um, and I think it's really hard to find that balance right yeah. now. And I think that's why we're seeing some consumers going with longer amortization. Yeah. Here's a quick question for you. If you own a condo, mm-hmm. are there any, does that make it more problematic at all to refinance? Because it depends. A, lot of, a lot of the work gets done by the condo board. Right? Yeah. The so it depends on the square footage of the condo. That's kind of the big thing. Yeah. 
If it's a micro condo, not every lender will entertain a refinance. But if it's a, you know, a decent size, you know, if you have like a two bedroom, two bath condo type situation, Mm -hmm. usually it's no problem. We refinance condos all the time. If you're doing any renovations within the condo though, Todd, you may need the approval from the condo corp, even if it is in within your four walls, because there's things like debris and noise and you need to have special approval to do those type of things. So duplex, same thing, I guess. You've got infrastructure, shared wall, shared roof. You know, you don't necessarily need approval from your neighbor. You know, I think it's probably the neighborly thing to do. Yeah. I certainly have seen a lot of duplexes where, you know, one's white and one is gray. And, you know, it looks a little bit strange and it doesn't really match up. It's the same thing like when you have a shared roof. It's like... It looks kind of weird when there's two different colors. Yeah. Like, get yeah. together and do it all the it And all, it's not the, the right way to do it anyway. No, exactly. Yeah. It's it's always better if you um, are really probably close with your neighbors if it if it is a, a semi-detached home. Certainly, there are a lot of semi-detached and townhomes here in Nova Scotia and Halifax. So, you know, we do see this quite a lot. Yeah. So, what advice do you give people when they're going to do a refinance? There's a lot of things that they should get and can get in order uh, to to uh, speed up the process, right? Well, I think having your income documents together really, really important. You know, if you're employed by an employer and they're taking deductions at source, we typically will ask for a pay stub in your last two years of T4s just to see kind of where your income is. Um, you know, if you're self-employed, we typically ask for two years of your tax returns. You know, there's lots of solutions for different scenarios, but that's kind of like the general stuff that we'd ask for. We would also ask for last year's mortgage statement and your current property tax bill. So those are kind of the initial documents that we would get. We love to look at what the property value is. So how much the property would sell for today in this market. And I know James talked talked about that. The average house price in Halifax is around $500,000. You typically know how much your home is worth. Yeah. You're watching your neighbors and you see kind of the homes that are selling. So have an idea about the market value. And then have an idea about what you want to do. Yeah. You know, you know how much you owe. Uh, you know, we can certainly look at the liabilities and make a recommendation. But have a rough budget And I always tell people, if you're doing renovations, go with the high end of the budget. I talked to a customer today. They're like, we're not sure if we're doing a $15,000 renovation or a $25,000 renovation. I'm like, this is really easy. We're going to get you $25,000. And if there's extra money left over at the end, we are going to do a lump sum payment back down onto your mortgage. It's always better to have more than have less. Because what happens when you have less? You're boring it on a lot of credit. Or maybe a more higher cost credit facility like a credit card or a loan or something like that. Yeah. So that's certainly something to think about. All right. Well, that's a great segment. Lots to, lots to chew on there for sure. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of great information there. We got one more segment left and you want to talk about in the next, uh, when we come back, what are we going to talk about? Pride and home ownership. It's pride here in Halifax next week. And we're going to be having a workshop and we're going to talk about pride and the impacts of the community and home ownership. All right. We'll be right back. Have you ever been to Carolina? I've driven through the Carolinas. Well, so then you've been there. I've been there. Have you been? I have not. Perhaps another all-paid expenses trip. You never know. Why not? I was actually in South Carolina. I was actually there just a short few weeks ago. Really? Yeah. 
Why? I was in Myrtle Beach. What a life. What a life, I know. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and the one and only Clinton Wilkins, also known as the Mortgage Guru. Does anybody else call you the Mortgage Guru besides me? I think it might be a city news term, but you know what? I may put that on my LinkedIn or my you know Facebook or my Instagram or something. Who knows? Yeah. I, th- I, I think it's a good term. I do too. I think it's good. And, and it's apropos as well. It is. It is for sure. So it's, uh, you want to talk pride? It's pride. And pride is starting next week here in Halifax mm-hmm. on the 14th of July. Uh, if you're downtown Halifax, you can certainly visit our office on George Street and you will see some beautiful pride decals that are going to be coloring our windows. And we are doing a workshop. We're doing a workshop around home ownership. Uh, you know, it's open to everybody. We're very inclusive here. And we're doing it outside on our terrace, weather permitting. Um, and we have uh, a host that's going to be hosting it. And we have a realtor and a lawyer. And I'm going to be sitting on the panel. And it's going to be basically an hour workshop talking about home ownership. Obviously, we'll talk maybe a little bit about the issues and stigma around, um, you know, inclusivity mm-hmm. and home ownership. Uh, I think some of the lowest percentage um, homeowners percentage is from that queer community. And I think that probably needs to change. I yeah. think, you know, why do you think that is? I think sometimes there's some socioeconomic challenges. I think there's maybe some challenges like building community. I think, you know, in the past, there certainly have been probably some challenges around, um, you know, not being accepted and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think even when it comes to lenders, you know, we talked about this a couple years ago, there were a lot of questions from lenders when there was, you know, maybe two male borrowers or two female borrowers, let alone, you know, someone who may be non-binary or, or whatever, you know, they, they, they asked more additional questions and it necessarily wasn't maybe about the risk, but maybe, maybe it was, I don't know. Um, I think it's just about having the conversation. And I think that when you own a home, you can certainly build better ties in the community. And, and, you know, we've talked about it, you know, owning a home sometimes is, is, is the biggest asset that a family has or a household has. And, you know, obviously it's the biggest purchase. It's a big purchase of your life and um, mortgage can be the biggest debt. But I think breaking down some of that stigma and having the information and information's power. Obviously, that's why we do this show, Todd. Yeah. And I think doing things like this workshop is going to be really cool. So if you want to come to the workshop, mm-hmm. you can go to our website at teamclinton.ca slash radio. There is a link right from the main page um, that you can go in. There's an Eventbrite. It's a free event. And the event uh, is also on the Pride website, so you can get your tickets there. It's on the 21st. So we'd love for people to come down, our listeners. Um, Love for you to come down and check out our panel. We'd love to have you. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking... Uh, what the perspective is from a lawyer. You know, maybe there are some different concerns for the queer community uh, around how do you take the title. In Nova Scotia, you can take the title as joint tenants or tenants in common. What's better? So we'll certainly talk a little bit about that and what some of the, you know, legal um, repercussions can be. Yeah. You know, maybe talk a little bit it's about... It's supposed to be one of the first of its kind of a mortgage company to be doing something like this. I yeah, you know, I think that people do workshops all the time. Yeah. 
And we've actually done a workshop for Pride pre-pandemic. We used to do them at the library. And we used to have a really good turnout. And some of the people that came to our workshop actually became homeowners, which I think is really, really cool. You know, obviously some people came through us. Sometimes they, you know, they'll go to a different uh, mortgage lender. But having the information, I think, is so, so cool. And uh, we're going to have a realtor there. So we're going to talk, you know, about... Um, what that looks like and that and that process. And I'm going to be there to answer anything that you may want to know about mortgage lending. Uh, so as you know, I can talk, I can talk about mortgage lending, <laughs> obviously for an hour long, uh, many times a year. And I've never met a mic I didn't like. <laughs> so when it comes to a home ownership, you talk about uh, the biggest purchase and we know all of that, but you call it the uh, Canadian dream. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, uh, I guess it's self-explanatory in many ways, but what are some of the main reasons why it's such a, such a, a dream and, and, and such a thrill for people to get into a house? Do you see this all the time? Well, I think when you own a home, you're kind of controlling your own destiny. So many Canadians rent, whether that's in the queer community or heteronormative community or whatever. So there's so many renters out there. And as you know, right now with rentals, we are like 1% vacancy. So rentals are challenging and the rents are increasing. When you own a home, you know, you can pay down your mortgage. You can improve the property. You can do renovations. You can make it your own. And it's a safe, secure place for you to live. And I think when you own a home, it, it, it provides that level of security. And I think that's why Canadians love home ownership so much. We have one of the highest popula- population percentages of homeowners in the developed world. Mm-hmm. And um, homeownership is typically more affordable than it is to rent. And I think it's even with the interest, you know, increase in borrowing costs, I think it's still more affordable today than renting. And you can control that. And I think that's why Canadians are, you know, have such pride in homeownership. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think homeownership is part of the Canadian dream, so. There are people out there, though, for, for there are exceptions, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And for some people, they don't want the liability or any of that. Mm-hmm. They just want to pay their rent, and yeah, and, and that's fine, right? And it's I think, not for everybody. I think that's easier, but the one thing that you don't get when you pay your rent is you don't get an asset that appreciates, and you don't have a debt that you're paying down. So I think if you're, if you're paying, if you're, if you're renting, that's cool, too, but you need to put some money aside. The challenge is it's really hard to put as much money aside as it is to pay down a mortgage and to have the appreciation of a home. And obviously, home ownership comes with a risk. As we know, in Halifax, the average home price is around $500,000, mm-hmm. which means the household income needs to be above $100,000 to qualify for that type of home. Yeah. And that is above our average household income in Nova Scotia. So typically, you need two borrowers to buy a home. And I think in the queer community, it's not always two, two people that are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I have certainly seen many more applications that have three borrowers. That is becoming more normal. Yep. And I think with the cost of real estate, we're going to see that happening more and more. And are the three people in a relationship? I think sometimes and they like not all of them even have to live in the house. No, you know, certainly there's, there certainly have been situations where there have been a couple and a, and a co-signer. Yeah. There have been maybe three friends that buy a home together. Yeah. Maybe there's three people that are in a relationship together that are buying a home. Sure. That is acceptable. And honestly, 
it's more of the norm now than it ever used to be. When I started 18 years ago, if there were two men on an application, they asked what the relationship was. Legally, unless you are domestic partners in the province of Nova Scotia, we put single and single. Mm -hmm. And then I have another pull down that'll say, what's the relationship to each borrower? And I'll put couple. And they'll still come back and ask. But now, guess what? There's not as many questions about what the relationships are because I think there's so many different scenarios out there. Lenders included are certainly becoming a lot more inclusive. And I think that has really kind of paved the way for... Uh, you know, more people. And it's, and it's good business for them, right? It's, Obviously. It certainly is. Yeah. It certainly is. And, you know, for me, I think building, you know, the community and I think, you know, buying a home, it's a great way to, you know, support um, support the community as well. All right. So if people want to know more about Clinton Wilkins, what, uh, what are the, what's the best way to do so? Because there's so many things to know about what you guys do. Yeah. I, the first pl- place to start is to check us out online at teamclinton.ca slash radio. Lots of great information on there. Recently, we've hit now over 600 blog posts. Nice. And you can also find the link to our Pride and Homeownership workshop. It is right there on the website. Clinton, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll do this next month. Thanks for having me, Todd. All right. That's uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to homeownership with Clinton Wilkinson, myself, Todd Vino. We'll see you next month.